1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS. 879 BetUS or BetUS.com. What's
0: well, happening? We are always brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years, and Legends. Let's not forget about Legends, a premium athletic apparel built for the modern athlete, owned by some of your favorite athletes, including number 55 himself, Willie McGinnis. We'll get into the All-22 that Bedard finally had a chance to look at, thankfully, to some of the sources that he has. We'll get into the Saints-Patriots coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday as well. But first, Greg, I know you've got some stuff to get off your chest regarding Tom Brady Sr. He had an interview, what else is new, saying that uh, they felt, they as in the Brady family, he and Tom said Tom felt the same. They felt vindicated by winning last year. He said, damn right we did. And he also said that uh, Bill Belichick wanted Brady out. Just some quick thoughts on what Brady Sr. said and, and how you feel about it all.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to get too much into this, um, you know, because we'll be probably talking a lot about it over the next week. But, you know, there were just some things I wanted to get off my chest after seeing Tom Brady talk with uh, Tom Brady Sr. talk with Tom Kern. Um, you know, look, <laughs> um, I, I understand the pull, push and pull as a as a father, you know, with a son. And I understand the emotions involved here. Um, what I just don't understand is, like, I, I don't understand the pettiness from Team Brady towards uh, the Patriots in general. I mean, look, we understand it didn't work out here. Do, I think we all agree that Bill Belichick's kind of screwed the pooch on this, that after the Atlanta Super Bowl just should have given Tom Brady a five-year extension and just been done with it. And he didn't. And so, you know, whatever that's bill, that's bill being bill. Um, I think they take it, they take it personally, but Belichick would have done that to anybody didn't matter. It wasn't Tom Brady specifically. It was any aging, successful quarterback bill probably would have been like, look, I'm not, you're 40 years old. I'm not giving you money. I'm just not going to do it. It's unheard of in the NFL. And so, the Brady's were right. Belichick was wrong. We all understand that, Nick. I mean, we all know what the scoreboard is. We all know what they did last year. Like, why? I don't understand why they can't rest on the scoreboard. Like, y- you were scorned. You went down there. You had great. You Tom Brady Sr. makes up numbers on the number of touchdown passes he threw, inflates it. Um, we understand we saw you win the Super Bowl. It was about Belichick had to watch you you win a Super Bowl. That's all the vindication that you needed. And, and, you know, I don't like that Tom Brady Sr. is speaking for Tom Brady. Well, he's not junior or whatever he is. Like Tom should tell dad to shut up. And if Tom has things to say about this, then Tom should say it. Stop going through your father. Okay. And the, the last thing I wanted to say on this, Nick, is, and I went through this in Green Bay. With the Packers and Brett Favre, and and I understand all the dynamics. I understand all the – geez, Brett Favre's brother would be talking to Channel 4 out of Milwaukee all the time. I understand all the dynamics, okay? um, But what really irks me, and I'll probably write it this at some point, is in all this pettiness between the two sides. And, look, there better be something in the Wickersham book that preceded the Brady camp doing this because if there's nothing in there – and it's just some perceived slight or whatever, then they're they're in the wrong. But one thing I, I am disappointed in is that when you they start getting petty like this, and, and look, the Patriots, I'm sure, are doing it just a lot more quietly. They're better at it than they are. Um, the fans get lost in the middle. All right. And, and it this is going to be a toughen up situation next Sunday night for these fans. I trust me, I lived it. I was in green Bay with the Packers fan when Brett Favre came in, in a Vikings uniform, it's different. It's the equivalent of Tom Brady coming in with a really good team with the jets or the bills or the dolphins. Like it's just different. At least he's coming in with the Bucks. but in all this pettiness and all this airing of grievances, you're, you're, You're missing the fans and the fans are in the middle of this and, and I don't like it. And, and they deserve a little bit more respect where all these guys, all they do is fight it out without thinking of those people. And those people have invested a lot of time and, and tears and laughter and all sorts of things in, in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots. And now the the more petty it gets, the more you make these people choose sides. And I think that's just unfair for everybody.
0: Three very quick things before we move on. First of all, Bill's decision after the Falcons Super Bowl. I don't think it's an egregious mistake at the time. Again, like you said, Greg, you know, Brady's 40 years old. I don't know how many organizations look at what the Packers are doing with Aaron Rodgers. Look, look at how these things work. Drew Brees with the Saints. When you get to the late 30s, you get to 40, teams are not going to commit five years. They're not going to sit there and say, oh, we'll pay you until you're 45. No team on God's green earth would do that. I'm sorry. No team would do it. Look at what Tampa's doing right now. Brady played great. They're going year to year for all intents and purposes. So did he lose that? Of course he did. The scoreboard, as you said, Greg, reads Brady won Belichick zero. But going back in time and looking at that decision, I don't know how many people at that time would have been super confident in Belichick's position to pay the money that Brady would want for the next five years to a guy who is going to be 45 at the end of the deal. If you give him that contract and Brady does fall off the cliff, which he never did, but let's say Brady falls off the cliff, I can guarantee you the same people that are saying, oh, Belichick messed this up back then would go, oh, well, Belichick screwed the pooch. That's what happens when you give a five-year contract, when you commit to a guy who's 40 years old. So yes, good for Brady. He proved Belichick wrong. He proved the entire world wrong by continuing to beat the crap out of father time. But I don't think Belichick's decision back then was so ridiculously egregious. Second of all, let's not forget that Tom went to Tampa. Tampa was a perfect place for Brady as far as weapons, roster, coaching staff. And you have to give some credit to the rest of the team for getting and winning the Super Bowl. Yes, yep. Brady was great at times, but through a chunk of last season, he wasn't very good. But he had Mike Evans, he had Godwin, he had Gronk, he had Brate, he had two really good running backs, he had a top 10 analytically offensive line. So he went to a team that had a lot of weapons. People get lost at Tampa. Oh, they were 7-9. and nine. They were 7-9 and nine with their starting quarterback throwing 33 interceptions. Get out of my face. And finally, I think what we can do looking at this relationship between Brady and Belichick that is going to just be pounded into people's heads until they submit over the next 10 to 12 days. It's very underrated how difficult it is to make a relationship work in professional sports for the long term. And that's not even including the fact that you are talking about the guy who people think is the greatest coach of all time and the guy who is the greatest quarterback of all time. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot of pride. And it's very, very difficult when every year people are talking about whose legacy is better. It's very, we don't have relationships that last 20 years in pro sports very often. So the 20 years they got, I think people should look at it and say, man, they did a heck of a job to stay together for two decades because that doesn't happen very often. Let's move on. I, I know you get to check the uh, All-22, Greg. Mm-hmm. Finally, thanks to a, a source of yours, I did read that the uh, NFL is going to finally get the All-22 on their website and the Game Pass supposedly tomorrow. So that's good news for you. Yes. The, uh, the All-22, you took a look at it. Let's start with Mac. Anything to add to the uh, prior thoughts we had earlier this week?
1: Yeah, so... Um it was interesting going back and seeing, you know, the the context matters, you know, you can't tell on the TV copy where the, um, where the routes are going, how the defense is reacting, you know, who's really open. And I went through every pass and I graded the decision on, um, you know, was it a good read? Was it a minus read? Was it a, uh, no decision? A no decision would be like a, uh, design screen pass or quick pass and, uh, Neutral, where I couldn't really, t- I couldn't really tell. Like I think, the sort of flea flicker, the much debated flea flicker, I put in the, I think I put in the neutral category, uh, just because. Look, was Nelson Aguilar open in the end zone? Yeah, but, you know, there was a defensive back trailing him, or at least trying to make up. it. if Mac Jones throws it, it might take a little bit of time. And I would say. The completion percentage on that would be around 60, 65 percent, where you have Johnny Smith, you know, underneath with it a, with a, a, a defender much further behind. And the guy on top of him was that cornerback going to cover Aguilar. So it should have been a, almost like a clear out situation. Um, that's a 98 uh, percent pass right there where, you know, you're going to complete it. He got, I think, 19 yards. And then they went on and scored a touchdown on the drive. So I don't I don't really understand the debate about that play. I had Mac Jones for uh 17 good reads, 15 minus reads, four neutral, and there were 10 not, uh no decisions. So, you know, 17 out of you know, 26 uh attempts is, you know, 81% basically in terms of reading the play properly. And I think that's a that's a great percentage for Mac Jones. I'm sure it was higher in week one. I will be watching that film today and posting a column on it at BSJ. Uh, but I thought that Mac Jones did a really nice job in this game. I didn't have a whole lot to quarrel with him. There were a few plays, especially to Hunter Henry. And uh, there was maybe another one to, I think, Jacoby Myers, where – Mac Jones, when he sees it on film is going to be like, you know what, next time I just got to throw this. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little quick on my reads and he's basically admitted that this week. Yeah. And, but he's, he's game two of a rookie quarterback. He's not <laughs> going to be perfect. And, you know, to basically be like, you know, to, to have a, a, a 19% error rate, um, that's really good in an NFL game for, uh, for, for a second game. So, I think he's I think he's doing a great job. I didn't think he played great in this game. Um, you know, some of his throws were off and 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 other things. but uh, you know, I think in terms of his progression, he's in a great spot,
0: so it sounds like Patriots fans should feel probably a little bit better right now about last week's game than they did right after last week's game regarding Mac Jones. Anything else quickly that jumped out at you on the all twenty two?
1: No, well, I mean, uh you know I don't I don't know if we want to get into this now but just you know because there was some talk on Felger and Maz and of course it got taken out of uh, context because no. Jimmy Stewart the producer there tries to be really funny and you know he remember radio shows are entertainment as Nick would know well Um, they're not exactly journalism and so you know sometimes Jimmy pushes the envelope a little bit to 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 create some controversy around the show especially if his people are not doing that. And so uh, you know, I brought up something that has been something I've thought about from time to time. I'm not saying it's factual. I'm not saying this is the case, but there have been times where I've wondered is does Mac Jones' height affect him in the pocket a little bit where he doesn't see everything that say a 6 foot 4, 6 foot 5 quarterback. He's 6 two and a half. It's not small, but it's undersized for a pocket quarterback Uh, for an athletic quarterback who runs around and does a different different things. And you move the pocket. It's not short. If they if they're confined to the pocket. Yeah, it will be. Um, But in terms of the way they play, most of the time, it's not an issue. But for a pocket quarterback, it's an issue. And what I see is. Mac Jones throwing a lot into when the offensive line parts, he throws into the opening that's there. He, he does not throw a lot to where there's traffic on either side of him, And that's fine. And I'm telling you, I haven't made a decision on this yet. It's only two games in. There's probably been like two instances where I've been like, I don't know. I Can he see that guy? So we'll see. But it, it, it's no harm, no foul with it because Drew Brees is the same way. I mean, yeah. Drew Brees is smaller than Mac Jones and what ended up happening. Look, he wasn't great in, in San Diego with the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, went to Philip Rivers, and you know he had the Brees had the shoulder injury, but he went to New Orleans and he worked with a a great play caller and Sean Payton, who understood how Drew Brees needed to operate in the pocket, and he started to scheme things where you know the scheme the protections in terms of uh, where he was allowed to throw and avenues where he was allowed to throw, and I think that that might. Be something Josh McDaniels will need to look at down the road. But A, no, I don't think Mac Jones is too small. And B, on the same radio show, I was asked, do I think the Patriots have their franchise quarterback? And I said, yes. So uh, the, the two things can't be true. All right. Before we get to the Saints coming up on Sunday at one o'clock,
0: let's tell the good people about BetUS. Of course, BetUS is America's favorite sports book for over
1: 25 years. Greg's got the info for you. Yeah, listen up, sports bettors. This is Greg Bedard here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back, and it's time to get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that is BetUS.com. Why, you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, ooh, ooh golf. You know it would be good to bet on? Pick up, baby. Ryder Cup. Yeah, I gotta head over there. I'm I almost forgot. Does that start? That starts tomorrow. Yeah. It's a for usually a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. Uh, nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now. Check out the offers and you can get up to 20% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. I bet at BetUS, and so should you. That's betus.com, America's favorite sports book. Enter BSJ when you sign up at betus.com for a special bonus. Yeah, make sure you enter BSJ. Uh, we've had a f- couple people write in about that, and that'll get you hooked up. Betbetus.com for a special bonus. Betus.com.
0: BSJ. BSJ. Boston Sports Journal. BSJ. Saints coming up on Sunday, Greg. And uh, kind of interesting, right, after week one, They looked great beating Green Bay easily. And, you know, there was this Jameis Winston is reborn narrative being thrown out there. And man, oh, man, maybe the Saints are better than we thought. Then they get beat easily by Carolina. And now everybody's trying to figure out, okay, who is actually the real? Who are the real Saints? Uh, It's going to be a fascinating game, I think, on Sunday for several reasons. Let's start with the Patriots offense versus the New Orleans defense. Some of the things, Greg, that you're looking at with this matchup, of course, it all starts with Mac and the offensive line. Your feelings about that matchup on
1: Sunday? Uh, I feel pretty good about that matchup. I mean, look, and wait, we're talking Patriots offense, correct? Um, Yeah. You know, I I don't think – I think that this – you're running into a Saints team that has um, basically years of salary cap neglect has finally caught up up with them. Yeah. I think it's very similar to the Patriots after Brady. It's the Saints after Breeze and kicking the can down the road with his contract and sort of uh, this is just one of those years. Um, You know, I think that the the Saints, you have to worry about Cam Jordan up front – you still have to worry about him. He's still a really good player. He's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but he leads the team in pressures. He's a dynamic edge guy. Uh, You will see him line up inside from time to time. You know, I think he is going to line up over the Patriots right tackle position. Now they got uh, Trent Brown was back at practice on Wednesday. Does that mean that he's going to play on Sunday? Not necessarily. I mean, if I'm if on the patriots I might hold him out another week and make sure he's he's uh he's ready for Tampa. Uh if that's the case, you know, we know that the patriots have been challenged at right tackle. So Cam Jordan is a handful to deal with. Dennis Allen is an aggressive defensive coordinator. You got to be ready for a lot of blitzes. I just I just don't think he has very much behind it. I mean, you know, they're okay at linebacker. I've always liked DeMario Davis at linebacker um, the g- cornerback, they were basically pulling them off the street. Uh, they, yes, they won in week one. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins is still a really good safety. Uh, so was Marcus Williams, but I think this is a game, Nick, where the Patriots should be able to score some points. They should be able to run the ball. I don't think the saints are very good up front outside of Cam Jordan and they should be able to make some plays. I mean, you know, hopefully, this is where they sort of get their groove going offensively, and I think this is a good, especially being at home and not having to be in the Superdome, I think this is a good opportunity for them.
0: couple things. I wonder about the Saints travel schedule. It's been a little clunky because of Hurricane Ooh. Ida. Yeah, it's, is that going to catch up with them? Did it start to catch up with them already last week against Carolina? Maybe. Don't know the answer to that just yet. We'll see how they come out on Sunday. Uh, Of course, all eyes on Mac. What is his approach going to be? Is he going to take more shots? Is he going to hold the ball for a little bit longer versus last week after he said he was going to in the postgame? The run game is critical. You're right, Greg, with that. And and obviously, Damian Harris, a little bit dinged. I don't think it's anything serious. We'll see if Ramondre is actually activated or not uh, this weekend. Probably not. The offensive line is probably the hugest question, if not absolutely the biggest question coming up. What do they get? You know, what? like you said, does Trent Brown play on the right side or do we have the let's throw shit up against the wall in that spot again this weekend? That would be a recipe for disaster no matter who you're facing. And can I, Isaiah Wynn look like somebody that's better than a corpse at times? Like he's he's been bad early this season. Can he be better? Those are all relevant questions. I want to see the tight ends involved early and often in this game. Yeah, I want to see John and Smith... Used. I mean, we we talk about his athleticism and they can hand the football off to him and throw screens and this and that. Let's get these guys involved, especially in the red zone. And finally, the defensive line, you hit on this a little bit, Greg. You know, the Saints lost Hendrickson to the Bengals. He had what, 13, 14 sacks yep. last year. Davenport is banged up again. So I don't know how much he's going to be uh, doing if he does anything at all. And, you know, Cam Jordan is the one dude to keep your eyes on. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Before we get to the New England defense against the Saints offense, we got to tell you about Legends, a premium athletic apparel built for the modern athlete, owned by some of your favorite athletes, including number 55 himself, Willie McGinnis. This stuff is sweet. The hoodie is awesome. The shorts, Greg talked about wearing the shorts over the weekend. Kids were questioning his decision until all of a sudden they said, wow, dad. You look like Tom Brady in them shorts. This stuff is incredible. (laughs) Tell them all about it, Greg.
1: Yeah, uh, Legends Apparel. Listen to some of these names involved. Okay, so you have Willie McGinnis, number 55. You have Steve Nash, Baker Mayfield, Matt Barnes, Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris. They got a little twin action going on there. Bradley Chubb, Marlon Humphrey, Colton Wong, Noah Syndergaard, Quavo, the Entertainer, Uh, all sorts of people. They all came together, and they said, we want to make affordable, high quality athletic apparel that 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 you can wear anywhere. you can wear to work out, you can wear to hang out with the boys or the girls. and they've done that. I mean, I love their stuff. I love the t-shirt. I love the the hoodie. I, I can't wait till it gets a little bit cooler up here, Nick, so I can wear the the, the hoodie a little bit more. Right now we haven't gotten it quite yet, but it's coming. And I know, you know, when I'm out coaching softball and stuff like that, I'm going to have to support it. And people are going to be like, "Ooh, that looks good. Uh, so, you know, make sure you visit Legends.com today to shop the latest trends in athletic apparel from the shorts, tees, hoodies and more and save 20 percent when you use our code Pats 20. That's Legends.com and promo code Pats 20. Offer ends October 10th. Uh, couple other things, premium athletic apparel built for the modern athlete and streetwear-inspired design for a style and comfort you'll want to wear all day. I can attest to it. It's really good stuff. Uh, Ledgers.com, Pats 20, get 20% by October 10th.
0: All right, Patriots defense against this New Orleans offense. As I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, after the Green Bay game, everybody was talking about Jameis Winston, and rightfully so. He was efficient. He was really good. Uh, You know, five touchdowns, no picks then against the Carolina defense last week. And if you look statistically, Greg, that Carolina defense, you could argue is the best defense in the NFL through two weeks. And Jameis struggled. The offense struggled. What do you expect from this Patriots defense, the son of Belichick, uh, Mayo? What do you think they cook <laughs> up? And how do you feel?
1: Uh, I feel okay, Nick. I mean, look, I, I don't – this is not the – saints of yore with, you know, Michael Thomas and a bunch of guys running free. I mean, I, I, they have some speed that you need to worry about, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Marquez Calloway, uh, you know, the little, what's his name? A little Jordan Humphrey. Oh, like little Jordan Humphrey. Little, yeah. <laughs> little Jordan Humphrey, uh, is he actually not so little? He's six foot four. He'd be taller than Patriots quarterback. Um, but I, I think, you know, with the saints where you, where you run into problems, is you look at them and they're not that great. They're really good on the offensive line. I think they've had a little bit of an injury there. Um it seems like they're they're going to have to move Ruiz from right guard to to center. Ruiz was a guy that I liked for the Patriots a couple of years ago in the draft. Uh Throck Morton, the kid from Oregon, uh would insert at right guard. But that offensive line. Hey, look, we've been talking about the Patriots defensive line for 2 weeks and it yeah. hasn't been good enough. This is the type of offensive line that could shove them all over the place. and But the Patriots are basically going to have to take the approach of let's just shut down Alvin Kamara because let's make Jameis have to beat us in general, but with these receivers. So just shut down Alvin Kamara. In years past, we would have said this is no issue. The Patriots will do your job up front. Lawrence Guy talked about it in the press conferences that I was at yesterday. This is a do-your-job game. He's exactly right. This is more of a hold up your blocks, let other guys go, get through and make tackles, shut down Kamara, be all over his case with Duggar or Adrian Phillips or whoever in the pass game, and make Jameis have to have a career day throwing to Callaway and these other guys. And I just I don't think that he could do it over the balance of a game, especially on the road. Um, But if the Patriots can't stop the run, Nick, this is going to be a long day.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It it begins and ends with Alvin Kamara. There's no doubt about that. If you can slow him down, at least limit him, that limits a lot of what New Orleans is going to be able to do offensively. Mike Thomas is out for a while. Trey Smith is out. They're down to their third, fourth, and fifth receivers. You mentioned some of the names. Deontay Harris is also a guy you got to watch out for who's quick, might be able to get downfield. Old friend Chris Hogan, Adam Troutman at tight end. Nothing that's going to jump out at you, right? Nothing that's going to blow your skirt up at all. So it, when you look at this team offensively, it's offensive line, it's Camara, and, and if you can handle the running back, then you're going to be able to handle this offense because the more that you put on Winston's plate, the more trouble he could walk into. And I have to imagine that Belichick is thinking, look, if we slow down the run and we put this in Jameis Winston's hands, we're going to win this game because inevitably he's going to throw two picks, if not more, and that'll flip the field. And if we score now, they can't run as much. Now Winston feels even more pressure and that goes right into what we want to do. Uh, so limit the run game and also limit the big pass plays. GTFB, right? Old school days, make sure nobody yep. gets behind you. The saints love to try to take those shots. Nobody get behind you. If Jameis has to be patient and dink his dink and dunk his way down the field, that's good news for you. The only question I had for you, Greg is Matthew Judon. He did not practice. It's a knee issue. Uh, Should we be concerned by this?
1: Uh, I think so. I think it's, uh, if I had to guess it's minor in nature. I mean, I did notice him um, limping a little bit during the game. Uh, So that's never good. Um, and you worry about long term. Uh, look, I just think that if the Patriots are going to lose, they paid him a lot of money. You don't want to lose him, and he is a premier player in the front seven. But you know, let's be honest: if the Patriots are going to lose somebody at a position, ever edge would be the place. I mean, they have guys that they can't even get on the field, like Josh UJ and Chase Winovich, and you know, you have you have you know Kyle Van Noy and and around, and High Tower can play there. He played on the line last week, and so. Uh, yeah, certainly something to be concerned about. Um, week two, but I, I don't know, I'm not gonna go crazy about it yet. And Kyle Van Noy looks like he should be
0: back, fingers crossed. Maybe, yep. possibly, he'll be back with that throat issue. Uh, I just hope he got back at Hulk Hogan for the leg drop. Uh, the BSJ member question of the day, boston sports journal.com. And listen. There's no better time, honestly, to check out BSJ right now. You get the Sox leading the wild card. How about Kyle Schwarbaum last night? Woo, doggy. <laughs> Two bombs last night from Schwarber. Sale with another win. He's undefeated on the season since he's been back. So you get the Sox, the wild card race going on right now with just a few games left. B's in camp now. C's in camp in about a week. So B's and C's are starting up. The Patriots are in full swing. I mean, come on, bostonsportsjournal.com. Their annual plan is $39.99. Of course, you get Bedard's analysis, uh, coaches, film, weekly chats, all the good stuff. $39.99 on their annual plan. Uh, my guy, Greg, do we have a BSJ member question of the day?
1: We do. And this is uh, simple and to the point from Patrick Pendergast. Pender, Yeah, Pendergast. Too many screens, Greg? Uh Look, I mean, I I asked the question of myself too. Once I tabled, did, did tabulated everything, and was like, "Wait a minute, you know, the ten screens." Like, I kept going through it. I'm like, "Man, every every drive, there were screens. One, at least one. Uh, it, it seemed like." And so, do I think there were too many? No, I don't. I thought I thought that a lot of them were really well called. They weren't really well executed. And Josh McDaniel said in his press conference on Tuesday that they were dealing with a jets front that was very aggressive. Now they were calling a lot of blitzes, but they were, they were zone blitzing a little bit. They were, you know, they were really looping the ends a lot, which was causing some issues in the running game and also with the pass blocking. And I thought that, uh, I thought that they were really all effectively called. I mean, even, Nick, even and we talked about it on the last pod, that play where it's basically like a read option. And then Mac Jones looks to his left and he's got, I think it was Aguilar. And, you know, he runs a screen and Mac kind of hesitated and went for one yard. Like even that play, that play normally works. And what happens is normally the, the cornerback goes up for the screen. Or he drops back, and one of them is open. Either either uh, the the screen's open, or Jonu Smith behind them on a slant is open. The cornerback just played it really, really well. I don't know if it was on accident. There was another play where C.J. Mosley, literally at the snap, did not move for about three seconds and just happened to find himself in a passing lane. That wasn't a screen pass, <laughs> but it's just a play I remembered. He literally, he, Nick, he literally was like, it was a snap. And it was literally like one, one thousand, two, one thousand three, and then he stood up and he put his arm in, in, and deflected the pass, and it was a seam pass to Jacoby Myers. And I was like, "Ooh, that's there. That's a good play." What the hell, is CJ Mosley doing there? He's not even supposed to be there. Was play action on the play, and he literally didn't move. So I think I think CJ Mosley benefited by being lazy in, in on that play, or else it could have been about a fifty yard play for the Patriots. But anyways, uh, I, I don't have a problem with the play calling so far. Uh, They're bringing a a kid along a little bit by little. The screen passes are part of it. The Patriots need to have those at their disposal against faster defenses like Tampa coming up. So I think it's all part of the plan.
0: I've been screaming about more screens, more screens the last three or four years. So I'm not. Oh, yeah, you have. I'm not going to start bitching now when they start throwing a lot of screens and say, too many screens. I can't have it both ways. So, <laughs> as, as long as they're calling the screens. And good job by Statue CJ Mosley. Uh, the mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints, one o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Are the Patriots going to be two and one or one and two? It's kind of a, a big game early on in the season because the first month you looked at it, you said the Patriots should likely be three and one. We know week one didn't go their way. So many mistakes. They lose to the Dolphins you probably don't feel good about the Buccaneers game on Sunday night. So if you want to finish the first month of the season at 500, you need this one on Sunday. We'll see if they can get the job done. He's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. It is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by BetUS.com And of course, legends, a premium athletic apparel company. We'll be back early next week to recap saints Patriots until then, everybody enjoy your weekend.